Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, September 9th. Today on the show, we will visit with Josh Ward of WNML to break down the Pittsburgh-Tennessee matchup on Saturday. The entire internet seems to be missing the point with Vanderbilt head football coach Clark Lee, but we begin with some roster news about the Tennessee Titans. The Kingston Group brings you the 440 every single morning for free. They are locally owned and they are award-winning for a reason. They have been doing their work in this market for over a decade, and people trust them. People come to them because they trust the process. Just like Saban, trust the process with the Kingston Group. Get all of the information you could possibly need on the front end before making a big decision and let them guide you through that process. The Kingston Group, buildkg.com is the website. Go talk to them. The Tennessee Titans activated starting center and guard Nate Davis and Ben Jones off the COVID list on Wednesday, which makes the Titans roster as complete and as healthy as it has been all camp long. They enter week one against the Arizona Cardinals, missing Darrington Evans and Marcus Johnson. You're talking about maybe wide receiver four at best and running back two. Certainly he would have been a kick returner. Darrington Evans would have been, and that would have been, that's a piece that maybe they miss on, I don't know, two plays in week one. But by and large, the most important thing to take away from the Titans situation on their roster from a health standpoint and a preparation standpoint is that this team is in a better spot than it's ever been at any point during camp, and I can't imagine another NFL team having almost all of their starting 22 and backups in the two deep basically healthy and ready to go for week one. Now, how many reps has the offense taken? I've been talking about it for weeks. I am concerned about what this team will look like on offense, how quickly they will find rhythm. Arizona won't present a whole lot of challenges, but I am concerned about it. I will give you my official predictions coming up later on in the week. But as of right now, this Titans roster is as healthy as it could possibly be heading into week one of the 2021 season. Now, having said all of that, Please do not overreact when you look at a Wednesday practice report and A.J. Brown is listed on it with a knee injury as not practicing. He was full go on Monday and seemed to be perfectly fine. Could something have happened on Monday in practice? I suppose it's possible. Otherwise, let's wait and see what he does the rest of the week, Thursday and Friday, before people start losing their minds and panicking about the health and safety of their star wide receiver. It is more than likely a regularly scheduled maintenance day for a player who's rehabbing a knee getting ready for a long NFL football season. If he doesn't practice on Thursday, then we can have some discussions about some mild levels of panic. All right? Otherwise, you're fine. Calm down, Titans fans. So there are two phenomena that happen in the media as it pertains to head coaches, in particular SEC football coaches, that I'd like to address this morning on the show. Clark Lee had some comments about his players sort of, you know, taking ETSU too lightly. They expected to win, they didn't, and blah, 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 blah. There's two things here at play. One of them has to do with Clark Lee, and one of them has to do with coaches in general and the media and the fans. Number one, Clark Lee just speaks differently. He speaks in leadership lingo. He speaks in a very open and philosophical way. He, he just is a different kind of guy with a different kind of approach, and we will see if it works at Vanderbilt. I think he's still the right hire, despite arguably the worst football game I've ever seen an SEC team ever play. His quotes are not anything special. They're not anything different. He just sort of uses unique words. And I, for one, would rather have a coach 
have some personality, be willing to say things honestly, then turn into a freaking robot with nothing to say but coach speak and cliches. I, I, I have no comments on how poorly Vanderbilt played on Saturday. There is no excuse. The players have no excuse. The coaches have no excuse. There are no excuses. It was garbage. It was trash. But when Clark Lee is talking about players and perception and internal motivations and all these other things, he is he just thinks a little differently and sees things a little differently and talks a little differently than your average SEC meathead football coach. It's okay that he has these things to say. I, I think fans need to calm down when they read a singular quote on a singular tweet. Give me a coach with some personality and some thoughtfulness over a coach that's a robot every day of the week. Number two, and this is to you Vanderbilt fans who are already complaining about this type of conversation from Clark Lee. When you're losing, it's going to wear thin. When they, you know, when Butch Jones started losing, it wore thin. It's going to wear thin when Clark Lee, if he can't figure out a way to win and keeps losing. Here's what I would say to you folks that think that a certain style of communication wears thin on a fan base when losing. Every single style of communication wears thin on a fan base when you are losing. Coach Ed Orgeron is the beloved patron saint of Louisiana. And the Cajun stick is over already. And he won the national championship two years ago. And you want to know why the shtick is wearing thin on Louisiana and LSU fans? When he looks up at a UCLA guy wearing a shirt and calls it a sissy shirt? You want to know why that shtick wears thin and people don't like it? Because you got your ass kicked by UCLA. Every single type of communication wears thin if you are losing football games. Clark Lee is a philosophical thinker. He's a teacher. He's an educator. He is cut from the Tim Corbin cloth of coaching where it's about building up a holistic athlete and a young person in a very unique and creative way. I don't know if it's going to be successful at Vanderbilt, but don't tell me that the talk is going to wear thin if he keeps losing. Everything wears thin. Every style of communication wears thin if you keep losing. And the only example I need is LSU. You can win a national championship one year. But two years later, if you keep losing, it doesn't matter what words you say, what accent you're talking in, or how you communicate, people are going to get tired of you. Period. End of discussion. Let's debut a new segment on the show. Every single Thursday, we will visit with Josh Ward of WNML in Knoxville to try to get a feel for what's going on with the Tennessee Volunteers football team. They're heading into a big game hosting the Pittsburgh Panthers in the Johnny Majors Classic coming up this weekend. And we talked to Josh about what each team has to do to find success this Saturday, what to expect out of the offense now that the level of competition is increasing, and how did he feel about Thursday night's performance against Bowling Green? I wouldn't say I was alarmed because we have to keep perspective in week one in college football. Like Tennessee fans can look around the country and say, well, we could have been Illinois or we could have been Washington losing to Montana and you'd feel even worse. But I was still a little surprised. I thought there would be more points. I thought we would see more plays made in the passing game by Joe Milton and the receivers because of what Bowling Green was. I mean, that is, that is part of the conversation here. Tennessee was playing a team that's expected to be one of the worst in FBS this year. So I thought they would be able to take advantage. And I certainly didn't think when it was 14 to nothing in the first half that it was going to be 14 to six at halftime. So that really surprised me. But it is game one with a new offense, with a quarterback that hasn't been on campus that long. 
So I thought that this week we would be talking about, okay, here's the real test. Let's see what kind of improvement can be made and where the offense really is with Pittsburgh coming to town because it's a quality opponent. And that part is true. So I was a little disappointed by what we saw, but you know, if a catch is made instead of a drop by Jalen Hyatt, the score looks a little bit better. And maybe that changes the tune of the conversation. It doesn't change what this week is. So what are reasonable expectations on offense for Pittsburgh? We know a very good defensive-minded football team with a defensive-minded head coach. Uh, they're favored by, by a field goal, essentially, at home at Neyland Stadium. We've seen some comments from the coach, comments from elsewhere. What, what do we expect offensively against Pittsburgh this weekend? I don't know what to expect. I know that Tennessee is going to go out there, I think, still asking Joe Milton to make plays down the field in the passing game. That's the way this offense is designed. And I, I think that we're still going to be talking about the same names, Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, Bayless Jones with a chance. They have guys that are going to get more of an opportunity, I think, to make plays this week. Jimmy Callaway coming back, if he's healthy, is also an important player to pay attention to. Could he come in and provide some kind of spark? So we're still talking about the potential of the offense. I also am very confident here. Tennessee needs to run the football successfully. One of the brightest spots out of week one and then say, okay, Joe Milton, go make plays for us now. And he's a part of the running game too. So I think that needs to be where Tennessee looks for success and hope that the passing game comes along with it. But ultimately Joe Milton's performance is going to play a big role in what Tennessee's offense is able to do this Saturday and where Tennessee goes the rest of the way. Tennessee will win the game if Pittsburgh will win the game if. I think Tennessee will win the game if its defense is good enough, if it's able to get stops against Pickett and you know create pressure. Byron Young's status is a question mark as we're having this conversation. How much can Tennessee disrupt the passer or the opposing team, which I think will try to run the football against Tennessee because I think you should try to run against the Vols defense. I liked what I saw from Tennessee's defensive front. But again, it was Bowling Green. So how much do we make of that? So I think that's where the conversation starts because I think Tennessee's defense kind of needs to lead the way right now, even though we probably didn't expect that during the offseason. I know that I didn't. Pittsburgh will win the game if Tennessee's defense really is a problem, like I thought that it would be during the offseason. And Kenny Pickett and his his teammates are able to go out there and have a big game because I wonder if Tennessee can keep up. That question mark still is there, I think, with Tennessee's offense. As much potential as it might have, hasn't shown it yet. So if if Pittsburgh is able to kind of dictate what it wants to do during the game, I have more confidence in Pittsburgh's defense being able to, to then keep up and cause problems for Tennessee. Wait, one more time. Tennessee's defense kind of needs to lead the way right now? I know they were very good against Bowling Green, but that is an extraordinarily scary sentence from Josh Ward. Tennessee fans, how much faith do you have that your defense is going to carry your team to victories right now? I, I don't even have a response to that. The offense better show some signs of progress against a much better football team this weekend because if this team is relying on its defense to carry it to victories, it's not going to win a whole lot of football games. The reason the 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, an award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm. They are trustworthy, they are authentic, and they have been in the business for over a decade with proof of concept. I've said it a million times in a million different ways. I don't know how many times I can tell you this. If you're looking to do a big remodel on the home, maybe it's a year out, 18 months, two years out. Now is the time to start planning it so that you get all of the details, all of the speed bumps, and all of the little problems out of the way so that your home can come to life exactly the way you want it. The Kingston Group will make that happen for you. Trust me. Give them a call. Check out the website. 
buildkg.com. You will not be disappointed. Thank you guys all for listening. Please share the show, rate, review, and subscribe. My name is Braden Gall. Follow me on the Twitters at Braden Gall. This has been the 440 for Thursday, September 9th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.